Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 11 Episode 2. You thought we'd gone away, but we haven't. My name no, is Andy. No. And I'm Andy as well. <laughs> and that's that's not the way we do this. No, my it's name not. Is, my no. name is Andy Baylor and this is... Andy Cockerill. And the thing that we're going to talk about this evening is... It's a movie... A movie... Called... called the Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. And, yes. And without any warning at all... Okay. And without knowing anything about the film other than its title, I'm actually mm-hmm. pretty sure I know what, I know exactly what this is. Okay. It's a Let rollicking me. Disney adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an independent uh uh horror movie. Uh low budget and I think it is from what do you what do you call it? Uh when it's from either Australia or New Zealand. Oh, um, Antipodean. Antipodean, yes. And I think it's an Antipodean, independent, low-budget horror film, um, which has a cult following and deserves a wider audience, starring no one you've heard of. Hmm. Is it? Not. Oh. Not independent. Okay, okay, okay. No, sorry. Is it Antipodean? Um, it's not. It's not that either. Oh, so wrong. And it's not a rollicking Disney adventure. Okay, okay. Um, although I could probably see a, a film called The Boogeyman being a rollicking Disney adventure about a man who likes to boogie. <laughs> but it's not that either. I was so sure that I <laughs> I got your number. Okay, tell me what it is. Okay, so it's a two, 2023 American supernatural horror film wherein our ballpark mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once again I think the last thing we talked about was Evil Dead Rise movie wise was it yeah did you watch that yet it's on Netflix no it yeah. somehow doesn't hasn't I interested me I think you'd like it anyway I was I, I, was, I watched the last three episodes of um, Video Game High School oh I love that series oh is, is that Korean by any chance oh no I've got to tell you about have I not told you about video? okay, okay. Tell right, me uh, a, some, yeah, yeah. at the end. Okay. <laughs> um, it's directed by Rob Savage, who's a returning director. Okay. Believe it or not. Um, right. So we talked about, I think this was during pandemic. Oh, then I we don't have any memory of it. A movie called, it was either called Host or The Host. I think it was maybe called Host. And it was about a, um, a seance that was done over Zoom. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yep. So he directed that. Um, which was very low budget, but very, very effective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to watch um, that, and I still haven't. It's good. Um, and this is directed by Rob Savage from a screenplay by Scott Beck, Brian Woods, and Mark Heyman, and a screen story by Beck and Woods. It is based on the 1973 short story of the same name by Stephen King. Ah, Stephen so King. So an old short story, which I have read, but can't remember anything about. Last night I watched the pitch meeting revisited of it. Oh yeah, ah, uh, interesting. It was really funny, was it? And talked about a very odd bit in it. Odd how? What like quite creepy and nasty? Where when they after they've um, after they've managed to get rid of Pennywise the clown, they go off somewhere yes. and and do and, something, and do something altogether. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, that is very strange in the book. It, it doesn't appear in the movie. No. Unsurprisingly. 
I know the bit you're talking about, though. Yeah, I haven't read the book, yeah. and I had no desire to read it before, and Do I have even know? less desire to read it now. Well, I mean, if you go into it with your eyes open, knowing that that is there, you can just skip mm. it. But actually, right. it's a really good read. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I've never enjoyed horror books. Right. Yeah. I love being scared by a horror book. Right. Love it. Anyway, um, the film stars Sophie Thatcher, Chris Messina, Vivian Lyra Blair, and David Dashmalian in a very small supporting role. Um, so the, the adaptation was announced in 2018, but the project was cancelled in 2019 due to Disney's acquisition of Fox. Uh, but it what was revived that, in 2021. Say that again? What did that have to do with it? Why? Was it was it being funded by Fox or something? Uh, I guess it was, yeah. Okay. Um, it was revived in 2021 with Rob Savage directing. And the rest of the cast signed on in early 2022. Um, originally planned to be released only on Hulu. Uh, they opted for a theatrical release and it did really well. Okay, this sounds like a sort of troubled... Production. I wouldn't have said it was particularly troubled, no. I would say that it got cancelled because of complicated acquisition stuff and then revived later on. Um, so, no, I wouldn't say it was all okay. that troubled. Okay. Just, yeah. okay, just normal stuff that happens. Yeah, right. normal stuff. Um, so, it had a budget of £35 million and took 82.3, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. So... The story is... Now, it is important to note that the story in the movie is not what the story in the in the short story is. Okay. They've kind of fleshed it out and changed it quite a lot. But I'm, I'll go into that later on. Okay, okay. Not that. I don't think it really matters that much. But mm-hmm. um, So the Harper family, sisters Sadie and Sawyer, and their therapist father, Will, are struggling to overcome the death of their mother and wife, who died suddenly in a car crash. So this weighs quite heavily um, on them in the sa- in a similar way to the Babadook. Babadook does <laughs> in the way that. So I think the Babadook was in my mind when I said, "Is that right. Antipodean, right?" Oh, that is then, yes, right. yeah, and seriously scary. The Babadook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this shares some story points with that in terms of. The family appear to have a kind of survivor's guilt about the fact that right. mum died and they're still alive. Yeah. Um, and then one day, a disturbed man... So, um, Father Will is a therapist uh-huh. and he works at home. Uh-huh. And one day, a disturbed man called Lester Billings, played by David Dashmalian, he visits Will's office unannounced. He just walks in. Okay, and this is where people normally come... For therapy. Uh, yeah. But he walks in not, and Will yeah, says, okay. um, I don't normally do walk-ins. If you want to give me a ring, make an appointment, we can do that. And mm-hmm. the guy just sits down and says, you need to listen to me. Okay. So Will is um, obviously disturbed by this and kind of goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um and Lester explains to him that his three children have all died and they've all been killed by an evil entity that latched onto his family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, but Will obviously does not believe this. Mm-hmm. But Lester uh, shows him a picture of what the creature, this thing, looks like. We don't see it, right. so the the um, uh, the audience doesn't see this. But Le- but Will looks quite freaked out by what's in this picture. Mm-hmm. Um, Lester then goes wandering around the house because Will has gone to phone the police. Right. And uh, his one of the, his older daughter then comes home early because she's had a bit of an incident at school. And Sadie hears something in their mother's art closet. Okay. Like shouting and then mm-hmm. a bumping sound. And she goes in there and she finds this guy hanging from the door. Been is basically hung himself from mm-hmm. the door. Lister. Um so she then starts to see a strange mould beginning to form around the house. Okay. While uh, Sawyer, who's the younger daughter, mm-hmm. glimpses a sinister creature under her bed. Now this is a nice nice scene this. It's reminiscent of the scene in Poltergeist. I don't know if you've seen Yeah, I think so. Toby Hooper. Did he direct that? No, probably not. Steven Spielberg probably directed that. But um there's a scene in that where the the boy has this clown doll. I mean, who right. has a clown doll? For yeah, don't do that. Don't have a clown doll. And uh, it's on his chair, and there's some like flashing, stroby lightning light. And he throws a, like, looks at it and throws a sheet over it. <laughs> and then later on, looks over, and the sheet's there, but the doll's gone. And then, you know, it's just, <laughs> and he looks under the bed. It's all that kind of thing. <laughs> so there's a similar thing in this where this little girl is terrified of the dark. Mm-hmm. And she's got this uh, ball with a with a light in it, mm-hmm. and her closet door opens, and then something comes out of the closet, but we don't mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets the ball and goes under the bed and rolls it under the bed, All and right. then we see something. We see a glimpse of something, and <laughs> it's very effective. Right. It's not really a jump scare. It's more of a you're just um, when after this event happens, you're looking at every bit of darkness in the house to see if you can see something right. moving right, around right. there. Gosh, um, this sounds quite old-fashioned but effective. Yeah, no, it is. It is definitely what I would say about this is that Rob Savage has taken what I thought from his movie Host or The Host. He's taken what I thought was very decent technical expertise. Right. He's now got a decent budget to work with, and mm-hmm. he's made a really solid horror film. Um, right. So she she sees something. Um, this mold keeps on growing in the house, and the the older daughter uh, she decides to go to Lester Billings' house. Mm-hmm. She finds his address, mm-hmm. and she goes there, and she finds his wife. Um, uh, with lights and trip wires everywhere and candles all over the house because she's saying this thing is trying to get her. Oh, she's alive. Okay. okay. Yeah. Her, his wife is alive. Yeah. Right. right, right and right. she says, yeah, everything he said is true. Right. Is that this thing killed the family. Right. Um, 
so she, yeah she then leaves the house and then a little while later um rita who is lester billings ex phones her and says um come come to the house i know how we can kill the thing right and so she goes along with this and as soon as she gets there rita uh puts handcuffs on her and and sort of shackles her to a wall and says Look, you just stay there you'll be perfectly okay <laughs> i'm using you as bait basically <laughs> yeah uh so the thing comes in and she's got these like um shotguns hooked up to the with trip wires and things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it appears that the thing is actually a physical being and right. it does get shot and falls right. down right but isn't dead so right. um yeah, by the way, and listen, then, there'll be spoilers. Oh, yeah, I'm spawning it all over the place. Yeah. Um, what then happens is that uh, Sadie, who is the older daughter, um, realises that the creature is going to go back to her house and try and kill her family. Um, she gets back and she finds Sawyer hiding and Dad somewhere in the basement. Don't go right. in the basement. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just don't. Basement. So they find this when when the sisters go down into the basement, they find the creature kind of feeding off Will, kind of stealing his life force, right? Sort of thing, which is a thing that Lester Billings said that did to his children. It's kind of it kind of drained them of their life force. Um, a chase ensues through the basement. And they finally corner this thing because it doesn't like light. Okay, okay. Um, it retreats from light. Um, so they manage to c- get it in a corner and put light on it, which it really doesn't like at all. Mm-hmm. And then the in a, in a thing that's reminiscent actually of Evil Dead Rise, uh-huh. the younger daughter sprays it with lighter fluid, uh-huh. and then Sadie flicks a Zippo lighter at it, and it goes up in flames. Right, it's very physical. Um, very physical. There's, uh, I think, the creature is well realised, very, very strange and creepy looking. They don't show you it too much, mm-hmm. which is good. But when they do show it to you, it's, it's, uh, it's well done. Um, and then yeah, the house burns up, and all the black mould burns with it. Right. And then the next scene we see the family gone have gone to to see a therapist about their experience. Right. <laughs> and um as they're about to leave, Sadie notices the closet door in this therapist's office is open. <laughs> and she walks up to it and the therapist says to her, Are you okay? Everything all right? And we see her just grab the handle and just slam it shut. <laughs> I'm not having any of that anymore. And then the movie ends. Um, and this uh, this made me seriously shivery at many, right, right, right. many points. It's only an hour and a half long. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a long movie. Um, but very effective. Very so Stephen King. What's your kind of, what scares you? What kind of things scares you? Um, You've always liked think, Stephen King, haven't you? Yeah. I'm a big Stephen King fan. So I, I started reading, reading King when I was at secondary school, I think. Probably when I was about 12 years old, I started reading 
things like Salem's Lot, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is his vampire story. Um, what kind of thing scares you? Because, well, what is it? What is the, what is unique about Stephen King? So it's a like small the, town. So although I yeah, although I don't have a problem with the dark. I did have a problem with the dark when I was young. I think I mean right. a lot of kids have a problem with the dark. Yeah, it's scary. So I don't like creeping stuff in the dark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the unknown, like something. Right. Also, the thought that something could steal your life force or maybe put some kind of virus inside of you right. that you have no control over. Right. That scares me. Right. Um, the idea of the idea of vampires scares me a great deal, even though okay. obviously they're not real. <laughs> um, I've never really been scared of vampires. You never have been. No, not really. Well, they're not real at all. But I think I think the thought of something stealing your blood right. and maybe making you into what it is is right. pretty unpleasant. I think I've always just been scared of dead bodies. Yeah. So zombies, or just yeah, well, actual dead bodies. Well, so have you seen What Lies Beneath? Yes, I quite like that actually. Yeah, Robert so it's Zemeckis fine. Film. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's okay. It's quite good. Yeah, but it really like when she's under underwater and the dead bodies are reaching for her. That that like yeah. that's like spot on for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit like that in in Poltergeist actually. Right. Yeah. The graves. There's a bit like that in Harry Potter. Yep, and Indiana Jones where they're in right. the tomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's quite that's quite visceral. So I guess that's why I like zombies, but zombies feel a lot safer than that to me somehow. Like they're well, they're mostly slow moving. They they just I think they they're a way of kind of facing that fear without it being that scary kind of thing. And you know what to do to get rid of a zombie. Yeah. Um, You've got to be prepared to do whatever is necessary. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'm afraid of those things. Right, right, right. I think yeah, I think mainly. But I really enjoy, in terms of a horror movie, I really enjoy just losing my sense of control, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having that taken away from me, almost like going on a roller coaster ride. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I really enjoy, immersing myself in that and just being thoroughly scared for an hour and a half. Right. Um, don't like slasher movies, but do like a bit of supernatural right. jiggery-pokery. <laughs> right. So, and also films that struggle with identity and um, I mean, a, a really good horror movie or a really good ghost story is all about loss. Right. Well, this uh, that leads me on to the question, which is... Yes. Like, there's obviously something going on, on with this family. They're, they're suffering grief. Yes. Um, is that what the film is about? Like, like Yeah. It, it really feels is. like it's in need of an interpretation, this film. It can't just be... So that is touched upon in the film. Um, so Lester Billings talks about that, that his family was very troubled. Right. And um, his wife also talks about that when Sadie goes to see her. Mm-hmm. So this therapist family is also quite troubled. You know, they're really missing mum because mm-hmm. she's only recently died and they f- obviously feel a sense of guilt and a sense of loss about the fact that she's not around anymore. So there's this emotional stuff that's going on that this creature is latched onto. So do you think that this creature represents their grief, or yeah, death, yeah, or something? Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it represents grief. 
and and then they burn it up at the end they burn it up at the end yeah but the thing with grief is it never really goes away and yeah, that's, what that's, what is all about. that's what the babadook that's what the babadook is all about is that okay. what the kid says at the end of the babadook is we can't get rid of him mum right he's always there it's just that it gets a little bit easier every day right that's what it's all about so in that respect, maybe Boogeyman is is not as nuanced. As right, 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 right. But it, um, yeah, I mean, it, it can be wish fulfillment. It doesn't need to represent yeah, reality. No, right? it can be wish fulfillment. It's that I want this this feeling to be gone now. Right. And in fact, the house burning up at the end, because there's so much of their mum in that house, mm. is like we're, we're cutting off the past now and we're moving on kind of thing in right. a very dramatic way, obviously. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't recommend this listener is burning, oh, burning your house down. down. No, I, I wouldn't thought you, meant you wouldn't recommend the film. <laughs> no, I definitely recommend the film. As a response to grief, like your grief manifesting as a physical being that yeah. you then burn to death and in the process burn your house down is not yes. a recommended no, not a way recommended of working thing. through grief. No, but I thoroughly enjoyed the film. It was... Uh, <laughs> It was a roller coaster ride that right. made me had me on the edge of my seat at times. Right, I think right, right, right. I think you know. Uh, let's talk briefly about the connection with Evil Dead Rise. Is that you have um, Dad, who for the final third of the film isn't very present because he's kind of been inca- incapacitated. So it's down to a teenager and. I think probably like a 12-year-old girl to save the day. Right. So you've got a dotted line there to Evil Dead Rise wherein these young people are kind of put in extremists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and come out of it smiling, basically, which is uh, <laughs> quite something. So, yeah, enjoyed it a great deal. Highly recommended. Awesome. And it's called The Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. When it sounds... Yeah. So the, the short story, it does have the therapist, and Lester Billings goes to see see this therapist, but that is the short story. He tells the therapist about what's happened. Okay, 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 okay. And that's okay. all. That's all that is. Okay, which kind of makes a bit more sense than yeah, yeah, than this thing. I think right. it does make a bit more sense, um, but. Uh, I think that what they've done here is that, is that they've kind of give you something to hang on to. And, and yes, you could tell that story in a movie in flashback, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'd be as effective. Right. I think you've got to have this family who are actually very engaging. You know, they're a nice mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just really impressed with what Rob Savage has done with this. You know, he's taken what I thought was, pretty decent cinematic skills and made something with a bigger budget and made something really good. So I'm looking forward to what he comes up with next. Yeah. 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 I think he's very talented. That's cool. Yeah. I think uh, uh, even though some Stephen King things have been good, generally Stephen King stuff doesn't quite appeal to me the way it does to you. So I don't think this doesn't grab me. But I, yeah, I definitely am interested in what he does next. Yeah, I think he's um, he's he's a real talent. So, That's cool. Yeah. What have you been watching? 
Oh, we have been watching Succession. Right. Okay. Everyone talks which about we're it. on the final series of now. Right. Uh, uh, I have to watch it. Alexander but... Skarsgård has joined the cast. Okay. Actually, he was he joined the cast at the end of series three as the owner of a uh, like a media conglomerate uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, that's got a social media site and this kind of thing. And he just right. plays this truly awful, horrible character. What um, platform is it on? It's on now. There's multiple things on now and on Apple that I think I might need to. Yeah. Take a break from Netflix and yeah. try. Worth it. Particularly Apple. There's a lot of quality stuff on Apple. Right. You could catch up on Foundation. I would like is, to watch Foundation. Yeah. I've uh, So, yeah, we, we're watching Succession. We've been watching The White Lotus. All right. Which is also on now, which is an HBO, another HBO show. Um, the first series of which was devi- was solely devised as a way to make a show during pandemic. Right. So, so the produ- the, the, the person who created it was like, how can we make something where we only have a limited amount of people and mm. you have like two or three people in a shot and that kind of thing. Uh, so the first one was set in a hotel in Hawaii where a bunch of disparate people go. They're all there for different reasons, but stuff happens. Okay. It's just so good. It's it's character driven right, right, right. drama. Um and the second series which we're watching at the moment is set in a hotel in Sicily. Uh-huh. Um and follows the, a similar kind of pattern, but it's all about the characters and what they're doing. Um and the White Lotus is like a chain of fancy hotels around the world. So right. the next series will be in Thailand. Oh I see. Okay. Yeah. That's quite a, uh, a convenient way of yeah, it is. It is highly convenient. But yeah, very, very compelling right. stuff. What, what else are we watching? Ghosts, which right. is in its final season. Everyone loves Ghosts. Which we enjoy. It's fine. I mean, uh, uh, Bake Off. Can... New Bake Off. Right, right, right. I haven't uh, been watching any of that. We watched it briefly with good. our kids, but we've, they've gone right. off it and we haven't quite. We've been so watching I've been watching Foundation. Go- Right, right, right. Um, which in st- uh, the first series, I watched too quickly. I need to go back and watch it again. But right. season two, I'm only watching one episode every week. And right. I'm not having any digital devices around me. I'm just sitting and watching it. Right, okay. Because it's so information dense. Oh, wow. That's that, interesting. Um, you cannot get distracted. It's a bit like The Wire, right. in a way. Right. You just cannot be distracted by it because... You come to the next episode and you're like, okay, who's that? Where do they come from? Um, yeah, it's very good. I think it's a great adaptation. Right. Oh, yeah, some pretty unwieldy that. material. Yeah. Original books. Yeah. We've been watching a bit of um, Sort Your Life Out. Sort Your Life Out. Who's What's that? With Stacey Sullivan. Sol- oh, yeah. No, Solomon? Maybe you're telling me about that. Yeah. Solomon? Stacey Solomon, who's yeah. the nicest person in the world. Um, helping families who've essentially got a hoarding problem throw all their stuff yeah. away and also just being really nice to them. And not, normally they've been through some awful trauma. Um, That's why people hoard. And so, yeah, it's remarkably uplifting and tear-jerking. 
So I've, I've been doing some quite interesting things. Um, yeah. My my daughter, um, uh, my my other children are, are not much use for this, but my daughter is into horror and zombie stuff. Fantastic. Uh, I, I started her off with Train to Busan. I've probably talked about it on the pod. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she loved that. Oh, I love it. And uh, we've been watching this Korean. She's in, also into Korean stuff. Um, so we've been watching this Korean series called All of Us Are Dead, which has uh, got pretty tiresome by the end, okay. to be honest. But it's basically zombies in a school. and well, I mean, yeah, it's, it gets pretty dull. Like it's just a lot of episodes of run away from zombies, hold up somewhere, run away a bit more. Sounds like The Walking Dead. Yeah, but without somehow without the without the soapiness. Without well, it has it has <laughs> some of the soapiness, but it's just not as good. Right. But yeah. Okay. So anyway, all this leads me to I I've been trying to find things which are uh, fifteen uh, rated, but still good. So the first thing that I tried her on was Alien, which I was really, really excited about showing Ooh. her. But I didn't want to do it too when she was too young because it's got the quite disturbing Alien bursting out Chest scene buster. and so on. Yeah. So we watched that, and it was quite interesting watching it with her. I was, I loved it. I, I love it. It's amazing. It's so but good. It's really slow. Yeah, it is slow. Yeah. And uh, she was a bit bored. And it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, zombies are more, seem to be more her thing. Also, at the end, you like really see the alien. Yes. Like far uh, too much. You do, yeah. Yeah. It's well lit as well, isn't it? Yeah. Which, uh, which yeah. kind of spoils it as well. But I would really like her to watch Aliens because I think it's probably less boring and it's got some really cool. Quite salty though. Characters. Aliens. Yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> salty language. Um, but you get the amazing <coughs> Bill Paxton as exactly. I mean, you get you said the characters of Private Hudson. the Marines are just so good, um, <laughs> endlessly quotable. Private but then Hudson. what I realised was the first season of Walking Dead, at least on DVD, is fifteen. So we've been ah. watching the first season of Walking Dead, yes, and it is so good, and it's she's so good loving it, season. and the, and the soapiness of it is just perfect. You know, like the, it's incredible what happens in the first episode. Like yeah. so much stuff, in, like with all these I things, know. so much stuff you remember is from the first information episode. gets imparted to you. Yeah, you also so, get Lenny, Lenny James in that first. Yeah, episode Lenny well. James is absolutely amazing in that, and then yeah, um, he, yeah, he just disappears for seasons and seasons, and eventually yep. doesn't come back for like five seasons, I think. Yeah, and then he's in Fear. Yes, he is in Fear, but which yeah. is ending. Right, 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 right. Anyway, so first episode amazing second yep. episode amazing and then you've got the whole thing with Merle so we've only watched I think we've watched two now or maybe oh, three Michael Rooker as Merle he's so awful and so and Merle is the thing the incident with Merle has already happened and they know that he's escaped right and what he's done to himself to escape yes and yes. and that's all that's all within either two or three episodes yeah. And so it's all set up. And obviously the is whole a rooftop, thing- is that right? In Atlanta? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And the main obviously the main soapy thing is that he's his wife and kid he finds his wife and kid and they've shacked up with his best friend. And they Yeah, and she's having an affair with, with his best friend, with yeah. his deputy. Yeah. I think. So uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they're I guess. Yeah, he's he's the sheriff, right? So yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. so 
the the soapiness of that it's just so perfect it's just like mm. it, it, right from the absolute first episode or second episode at least it the zombies are there and they're scary but the real terror is about the, what the humans are going to do to each other yeah and that continues throughout yes. the series i think probably until the final series where you had those variant zombies who are seriously scary yeah um, by the way human like there's a couple of climbing incidents. Yeah, no, I, I remember reading about this. There's there's some variant zombies in season one, right? Well, that that's not at all clear. I think what there is is some inconsistency about exactly what zombies right. can do because we don't see that again until no. final season. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a couple of zombies that do stuff that they don't normally do in the Walking Dead world, which they obviously hadn't yeah. quite settled on. Maybe they hadn't settled down. So my eldest son has started watching The Walking Dead. Right, 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 right. And, and he has been stuck on series two. Right. Uh, at the farm. Right, right, right. He just got and bored. And he just said, it's so boring. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know. I know it's boring. I t- and I, I said, to, I actually said to him, look, skip to the penultimate episode. All right. You won't. Right. If you've gone, if you've done the thing with the massacre in the barn, then you've seen the interesting stuff. Right. Skip to the penultimate episode and then get on to the next series because series two is really dull really I, I just remember utterly loving it until at least season five or six when I started thinking uh, you know is it is it just this again but yeah it does get like that I think when they introduce Negan it gets very samey <sighs> um, until Negan becomes interesting yeah, yeah which I he doesn't leave until the time it. jump really yeah 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 yeah, I can't believe they managed to rescue it after it had gone so bad. Well, they got they changed producers, so you, right. know, you get you get new people on board who just right. revitalize it. Right. But yeah, it was definitely in a rut. The Walking Dead. In fact, yeah. you know, its its viewership did drop off year on year. Yeah, of course. I mean, surely um, that's true of almost every long running yeah. series. And if it was a brand new show, it probably wouldn't have carried on. But it's, right. it's the fact that it had a loyal core of viewers that they just kept going with it. Right. And and they spent so much money. Oh, yeah. And actually, even early on, it looks pretty expensive. Mm. They got a lot of locations. They got a big stunts. They got cars flipping over and exploding. Yeah. And- I think there's, a, there's quite a lot going on in that first series. Yeah. And th- there's only six episodes, I think, in the first one. Yeah, it's, it's very brief, series. isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely a mini mini series. Um, oh, it's yeah, so think, good! Yeah, it is good. Oh, and it's even better knowing what's going to happen. Yes, definitely. Oh, there is something else I've been watching: The Bear. Uh, oh, right. Which is on Disney Plus. And what it's is about, that? Is it a rollicking about, Disney adventure? It's not about a bear. No, it's an it's a grown up show. And it's about um, a chef who inherits a business. Um, so his brother is also a chef. He His brother kills himself. He leaves this business to him, which is called The Beef. And it's in mm-hmm. Chicago. It's like a, a beef sandwich shop, basically. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really busy. You know, they've got lots of customers. So this chef takes over this business and it's a mess. You know, there's like right. dysfunctional people working there and right. people working there. He doesn't know what they actually do and all this <laughs> kind of thing. And he kind of drags it up slowly, piece by piece in the first series. Right. 
And then in the second series, they, I won't say how, but they come into some money. Right. And they decide to redevelop the site as a fine dining place. Okay. Um, and it's just, you know, if you have a passion for food and for cooking, it ticks all your boxes, basically. Huh. It's, Sounds uh, interesting. It's really good. And they have the most perfect needle drop tracks. You know, when you want to hear that particular song by somebody, <laughs> they just drop it in towards the end. A bit like The Walking Dead do sometimes. Right, they drop yeah. in a track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, The Bear is excellent. Right. It's really excellent. So I, I have a proposal. Um, I didn't yes. realise that I hadn't told you about Video Game High School. No, you haven't, no. So I propose that our, that should be our next episode. Cool, Okay. Is it, it a TV show? It deserves an episode. It is. It is a. It's very much like a TV series, but okay. it's uh, released on YouTube. Ah, okay. Ages ago. Ages ago. Right. Uh, don't watch I'm it. Looking it up. Don't watch it until we've done the episode. Oh. Then watch it. Okay. Okay. But yeah, oh. it's amazing. Three series. Yeah. Right. It's absolutely amazing. That sounds interesting. Okay, so it's all available on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, it's completely available on YouTube. There's also like a high definition, high frame rate version from the the website, which is also freely available. So is this something we I should watch and then we'll talk about? Or No, I think you should let me tell you about it without now finding out anything else about it. All right. Okay, and we'll I'll try do and that persuade next you time. to watch it and then... Uh, Let's do that next time then. Okay, video game high school listener, you just you heard it here first. That's what we're doing next. Actually, that made me think of something. (laughs) So we've also been watching a show that's on Channel Four from last year called "Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared." Okay, Um, and it's a it's a show in which some puppets, like Muppet type people, Mm -hmm. talk about life, but in a quite adult way. Okay. And it's, I think it's one of the most twisted things I've ever seen. <laughs> What's it on, did you say? Channel 4. Don't hug me, I'm scared. Yeah, but it was spun, it spun off um, a YouTube show. Okay. And is it, uh, is it basically, well. are the puppets a way of talking about things that are too difficult to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's, there's one about death. Uh-huh. Uh, there's one about going to work. Uh-huh. Those are the two we've seen so far. Okay. Um, and they 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 very much like uh, like a ho- like horror films really in the way that they play it out. <laughs> um. <laughs> the other thing we've been watching and really enjoying is the Beckham documentary. Yeah. You, ne- oh yeah. Okay. Netflix. Yeah. It's yeah. um, it's it's. I think I don't know if it's the same people as the people who did the Arnie documentary, but it feels really similar mm. in that they. It feels like they've given them a mic and given them as much time as they need and just asked them loads of little questions and just joked around and just, you know, really got like to the heart of what, what they are, what they're trying to say. And they yeah. also, every, every in, um, interview or every new person, they, they introduce them with a little bit of like off the mic stuff, like joking around or getting the mic ready or whatever it is. Okay. And it really like humanizes them. It, like it really works on me that. You, you, it's like you're seeing the real person, and so it's yeah, a bit like the opening of "If I Got News for You," where they always have yeah. some chatter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 
uh, and yeah, it's just, it's so fascinating. I've always felt a real affection for David Beckham and Victoria. Um, and they, like, they, they just seem to really love each other. And it, I mean, it does, it does cover, I haven't got to the episode where they cover like him having an affair and stuff, which yeah. is going to be very, yeah. very difficult. Which was a long time ago now. Yeah, but but they she still seems to love him, and they seem they still seem to love each other very much, and I just find that so sweet and yeah. uh, um, endearing, and it covers the whole thing of how when he was remarkably young, he was a remarkably young man, he made a a big mistake on, on a very important match and fouled someone and got sent off, and, and the entire country turned on him. I remember that. And uh, people were spitting it at him on the street. And for like up to a year after that or longer, when he was playing his club games, every time he touched the ball, the whole stadium would erupt into booze. With boo, yeah. And, and, and just watching the footage of that and the, what the, the people in the crowd were shouting at him and then everywhere he goes on the street. And it's just, he's 23 years old. Yeah, I know. He was so young. Uh, anyway... And then, yeah, I love their relationship, and I uh, I find that stuff really fascinating. And it's it's kind of my era of when I was a bit more interested in football, so I like know a tiny bit about it. The other revelation has been that uh, Gary Neville just seems to be the nicest person in the world. <laughs> Gary Neville, he's oh, one, one he's of the one that went to Qatar, right? I don't know, don't know. Yeah, one of I his teammates so. at Man, Man United, and actually, that um, might be Phil Neville. Yeah, they they were both, yeah. in fact, his teammates, but. Yes, yeah. they were. Um, yeah, so really fascinating. You feel like you learn a bit about about him, but you, mostly you get perspective on that stuff that I just observed. You know, it was just football, and mm. uh, and football was never like that big in my life, but I was interested. Um, but then watching it and thinking, this is someone's life. And and what what he lived through, not just the, the experience of being hated, although that was pretty dramatic but yeah generally their their life in the spotlight like that yeah it's pretty amazing but yeah what's interesting is it's really entertaining i really i've really enjoyed it yeah yeah not i remember that red card and looking back on it just thinking about it now really if the referee had been any good he would have just had a word with both of them and just said just calm down yeah, it, but he the, gave him a red card. It didn't need to be a red card. That that was quite interesting because they that's definitely so the the documentary often has a very clear point of view. Yeah, and it, that's definitely the point of view of the documentary. And they even have the bloke that he fouled on basically saying, "I was hamming it up to get a reaction." Yes. Like you I said, see he was hanging it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he definitely shouldn't have been sent off. That's what the other bloke said. So right, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they had a point of view with that. They also had a really strong point of view with Glenn Hoddle, who was the manager of England. That's right. Yeah. And he he basically uh, hung Beckham out to dry. Like Did he, he just he just he basically just blamed him for them losing and didn't defend him and didn't. Wow. And okay. uh, that's part of the reason why there was such a strong reaction against him. And and the documentary really does not treat. Glenn Hoddle <laughs> kindly okay yeah that's fair I mean uh, and I, I kind of agree with its point of view although I guess I haven't yeah. seen the counterpoint what you agree with his point of view <clears throat> that he did lose them the match no 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 I agree with the point of view of the documentary that that, that was 
the, he was the adult in the room, right? And then there's this kid yes. who's made a mistake. Yeah. And it really yeah. contrasts that with the atmosphere at Manchester United where Alex Ferguson was um, very very mean to the players, but yeah. was very keen to isolate them from the celebrity and stuff like that and protect them and have a a calm environment, um, things like that. I mean, he wasn't all... That's why he was so successful. He wasn't all good. Like, you know, he, yeah. he was pretty horrible to them but um well that's why he left that's why beckham left man united right do they talk about that well they they talk about all that and that is really interesting as well because he basically yeah. he says he just he never wanted to leave at all like he never mm. had any plan to leave he he all he ever wanted because his dad was a massive manchester united fan all he ever wanted was to play for manchester united yeah and they they, uh, the way the documentary portrays it is that they got brought in a coach who basically didn't really rate him, and then and then they tried, they decided to sell him, and that's why he, he left because they they basically made him. So at least at least the story that he's telling now is that he'd never wanted to go, which right. I had no idea that was. They just sold him. Yeah. Well, actually, they tried to sell him to Barcelona, and he said, "If I'm going, I'm going to Real Madrid." So. I mean, he didn't do badly out of it, did he? I'm sure he didn't. Although it was a, no. that's, they cover that in the documentary as well, documentary as well, and that's pretty miserable, like uprooting and they're both kind of homebodies, the two of them, and they, they, they right. I, I don't think they liked it. <laughs> but they, presumably, they like going to Los Angeles. Well, I don't know. I mean, so then they appear to be at home somewhere in the UK in the right. filming of this documentary. So I don't know. Are they, I haven't. I don't know whether they're going to cover the LA stuff. I've got one mm. one episode to go, and I'm really not looking forward to the having an affair part of it, but it needs to be covered, so. Got to be covered, yeah. 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 No, it sounds good. I, 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 I've, yeah, I was kind of wary of it because I don't really have any feelings about the Beckhams. Right, right, right. right. I neither like or dislike them. Right. Oh, well, um, you'll probably be able I've, to watch it quite dispassionately. I'll probably then. give it a go, though. Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'd be interested it's to know be better what... than the Harry and Meghan right. documentary that was just awful. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'd be really interested to know what you what you make of it because it feels very unflinching. Right. I have I have this tendency to really like them, but I'd be interested in how you take it mm. if you're not coming in with that tendency. Um, maybe you'll get a very different impression. I'm pretty I'm pretty ambivalent towards them. I don't really care right. about them that much. Right. So. That might swing me either way. It might yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might make me warm to them or not, or just feel the same as I do now, which is ambivalent yeah. or indifferent. Yeah, I thought the Arnie documentary was really interesting from that point of view. Of like, on the one hand, like feeling favourable towards him, but also just finding him hilarious and not really, not really. Um, engaging with him as a human and then when you go when you do something like that partly is just the big cartoon version of him but also yeah. there's the mistakes and the the um the humanness and the and actual the actual positive things he did in his life especially in, on environmental policy in california and it was really interesting oh that's right yes yeah yeah so i really enjoyed that too nice i did not enjoy Foobar. Oh, it's weak, isn't it? Yeah. Did you watch it all? Up. You gave up? Yeah, I right. watched maybe two episodes, maybe one. 
Yeah, it's weak. I watched them all. Right. Um, but I kind of think that they didn't really make any difference to my life at all. <laughs> um, Listen, Fubar is, is an Arnold Schwarzenegger, recent Arnold Schwarzenegger series. Yeah. They definitely stretch credibility. Could have been right. better. Right. For anyway, sure. he's, he's a spy and so is his daughter and it's hilarious. But except it's not. It's not though. No. Right. No. It's like true lies, but without the jokes. <laughs> I like true lies. Yeah, I like true lies. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. But Fubar is not fun. Yeah. Pity. No. Such a waste. But yeah. I, it's, I, don't, I don't know. Um, anything to plug? Uh, well, so did I tell you about how I put box stacker into the F-Droid store? I think, I think I did. you did. Yes. Yeah, so the people, are, loads of people are still playing it. It's amazing. Great. I mean, Box Stacker is really good. Box Stacker. That's what I'm plugging. Play Box Stacker. It's fun. Play it now. <laughs> you can find it on the F Droid store, or you can yep. find it on the Play Store for only two pounds. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. or on F Droid or the website for free. Yes, that's where I've played it on the website because I'm a miser. <laughs> cool yeah that's it anything to plug from your end no nothing at all awesome I've forgotten how we so end awesome. what do we do uh, we say goodbye alright cheers until next you. time Thanks when we do time. what we talk about next time video game high school video game high school or VGHS as we call it VGHS VGHS thank you see you next time Good night. bye bye